I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. Join us as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. I promise you will leave feeling inspired and your toolbox filled with tips you can implement at any stage in your farming journey. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Welcome back to the Dirt on Flowers podcast. Hi, Linz. How are you? Good, Shani. How are you? (laughs) Good, good. Are you having a good week on your farm? Yes. We're kind of in that holding pattern between spring and moving into summer. We've got everything in the ground, which is now it's, this is the 8th of June. And so, yeah, now it's just like weeding season. Yeah. <laughs> it's just keeping everything oh no. cultivated. And yeah, I've got two <laughs> girls on vacation and one out with COVID. So it's been a yes. interesting week. Yeah. I mean, you know, employees are amazing. Like I am so ha- we're getting ready to leave on our family vacation on Saturday, which is truly like even at the scale of the farm is kind of unthinkable, but we still try and make it a priority. And I think the employees are just like, you know, so key and helping make all of that happen. So we can leave. I mean, it's so hard, but yeah, but we still make it happen. So we're just kind of like in go mode over here, getting ready for next week. Yeah. I just had this conversation. I get a massage. I know, right? Doesn't that sound like a luxe life? No, I just, (laughs) I, I need it this time of year for my body. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. So I, but I was getting a massage today. And the lady said, oh, I bet you just can't leave your farm now. Like, or you feel like you can't Mm -hmm. leave your farm until the end of the season. I was like, actually, no, like I don't anymore. And I think that is, I did. I remember my parents booked a family vacation in May and I was like, so do you not want me to go? It's as if you don't even know what I do for a living. Um, And so I know. So I was so anxious and was for years and now I'm not. And I think that's just there's a lot of reasons for that, the comfort of it. But yeah, it's great to be able to like have a farm and still step away, you know, and enjoy those things like your family. Yeah. And for us back in the day when we first started, it was like, we just had to like chalk it up to that. This is going to be a crop loss. You know, hey, we're going to go, we're going to lose crops. We're going to like lose money in this week. But now it is nice. And I think I hope it like offers a little bit of encouragement that if you do prioritize those things, you can get to the point where the farm can survive without you with with some good helpers. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's encouraging. I know it is. It really is. And speaking of encouraging, the way that this podcast recording is timed is we just released our first three episodes to you. And I just have to say, and I know you agree because we've been chatting about how just like sweet the messages that we've been getting are. And I just, I, it takes me back to those days when I'm like just starting the farm. I'm like so hungry for information and inspiration. And the fact that like maybe me and you, Lindsay, too, got to be like a tiny little source or like a tiny little like bright spot in some of our listeners' day was just, it meant a lot to me this past week. So it's mm-hmm. been awesome. Yeah, it was kind of a, it was also like a mutual recharge. I had someone yes. say like, I literally was outside with a headlamp cutting some flowers, you know, or cutting fl- <laughs> cutting flowers. And it was like, yes. yeah, it's like I countless times have I been doing that. And so it's yes. like to know that like 
it's not always going to be that way. And there's like ways to like navigate and make your farm so that it's, you know, you make choices that like get you inside for dinner at six (laughs) or get a massage, you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon. Like how bougie does that sound? (laughs) But yeah, it's been, it's been so nice. And just, yeah, I was really kind of overwhelmed by the response this week from people, Mm -hmm. just such kind things. So yes. Yeah, very inspiring on our end too. So yes, yeah, yeah, it's been crazy, and now we're here. So we're finishing up our. Are your field spring crops blooming yet? Yes, yeah, they just kind okay. of. They just really this week. Yeah. I feel like we're kind of like cutting on stuff a little bit more. Yes, those yeah. stupid bachelor's buttons are coming up, so they're getting ready to bloom. <laughs> I know <laughs> they have a will, a will to survive. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And they're such a pain in the butt to cut. But, you know, and and part of like our spring, obviously, a huge part is ranunculus and anemone. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're kind of digging in with today. So should we get into it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you, Lindsay, you do yours in all a high tunnel. You don't do any field grown ones, do you? No, we don't. To be honest, I have never grown ranunculus or anemones in the field. So we didn't start, I didn't grow them initially. So my first year, like my first two years, I think I didn't grow them. I was intimidated Mm -hmm. by them. I wasn't really sure. And I just, I really, I bought all the stuff for the low tunnels and I just never ended up doing it. And so it was like, I actually started doing them the year that I got a high tunnel, which was my third year. Yeah. Yeah. I think we started around, around that time too. It's hard for me to remember back. I mean, it was just when we did start, it was just such a tiny bit, you know, just to Mm -hmm. see if we liked it. And of course, I love them. They're still one of my favorite flowers. And in my opinion, as the farm has grown, we've always just done more because the cust our customers just can't get enough of them. Yeah. They're such like a flower that just like creates like raving fans for you. It really gets like people hooked in on you. Base life is amazing. They're beautiful. Like the number one thing I love about them is that most people like only ever see ranunculus in like other people's bridal bouquets, <laughs> yeah. you know? So yep. for the fact that they can get like a market bouquet that has a few in it is like, it's a big deal. So yeah. they're, they're just awesome. Yeah, no, they're great. And I actually lied. I did grow them outside. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, I put them in, in like the end of March and I never did a low tunnel over them. I just covered them with Agrabon. And they were okay. super short and they had like yes. a really short bloom window. I forgot I did that. I think that was year two. But yeah, the vase life on them, you just like – and the other Amazing. thing too is like they – all winter, you're like uncovering, covering, uncovering, covering, yeah. you know, yeah. scraping yeah. the snow off. The, <laughs> but – and then they bloom and you're like, okay, you're so worth wow. it. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for 100%. making people think all of my flowers bloom for two weeks. <laughs> I know. I know. It, in some ways, it does set an unrealistic expectation mm-hmm. about base life. But I mean, for and I know we could talk about, you know, CSAs. That's definitely another episode. But my spring CSA people, like they literally buy the spring CSA for ranunculus. Yes. So they're that amazing. No, I think that one of the things like every year when I first started growing them, you're purchasing them kind of before your season's even finished out, you know, for the next year. Yes. So I've, I was always like, okay, we'll just grow more. And every yeah. year, like even this was the year I was like, all right, I overdid it. You know, it was too much. And we still, <laughs> we still, like we had some extra, but 
for the most part, we were just, like we used all of them. So it's just yeah, they just really kind of sell themselves. Yeah, and those anemones yeah, too. We haven't. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, anemones are awesome. I love them. They're beautiful. My customers love them too. Mm-hmm. If I'm talking like wedding work, I the ranunculus are just like it. I definitely grow more ranunculus than anemones on our farm. What do you do the same lens or? Yeah, we grow. So this year, I think we did like 6,000 ranunculus Mm -hmm. and then 3,000 anemone. So like twice as much. Yeah. 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 I mean, anemones are so fun and people like, I think even more than ranunculus in some ways, the anemones are kind of like a foreign flower to them. So when they see it, they're Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, what is that? And that's the kind of reaction that I want from my customers, which is going to set me apart from like, wildflowers, <laughs> gathering wildflowers yeah. from the ditch, like that kind of thing. So yeah, I did order mine. My, yeah. So I think I ordered mine through Ball this year and then also through Leo Burby. So I ordered mm-hmm. some from them and yeah, some from Ball, some from Leo Burby. So I, I know a lot of people, some people pre-sprout, some people just soak their corms and plant. Which way do you do it, Lynn's in the fall? So we pre-sprout, but we do it, you know me, like no, don't want to waste any extra step. And <laughs> so I see, you know, people planting them in like individual, like 72 yeah. cells. Do you do that? Is that yeah. what you do? I'm looking yeah, at I do. this. Yeah. Shannon. Okay. We do. So <laughs> this is, we use standard 1020 trays. So those deep, flat, no holes in them, 1020 trays. Yes. And for the ranunculus, we use straight perlite to start them in. And so we'll soak them. Okay. We'll soak them in like a five gallon bucket of water with a fish tank aerator. So it'll have like two bubblers in it. And we soak them for about six hours. Yeah. These are the ranunculus. And then yeah. we're soaking them and we're doing it early. And then we put them in our cooler, but I'm jumping ahead there, but we take straight perlite okay. and the 1020 trays and we literally make ranunculus perlite lasagna. So it's like we put a layer okay. of the perlite and it's moistened. So as far as like how much, it kind of – it's not like soaking wet. Imagine if you were like planting it outside and you didn't want it to be mm-hmm. like soaked. So we'll do perlite, ranunculus, perlite, ranunculus, and then perlite usually in that – like that's about as much mm-hmm. as we can fit in a 1020 tray. And then we take them and shove them in our cooler. And we okay. – it's like around 40 degrees, 45 degrees. Mm-hmm. And then they're in there for – they sprout pretty quick. So about a week, week and a half, and they just start okay. to show those little bit yeah. of roots on them. And then for the anemones, we just use straight vermiculite. So again, the only difference is we use a fine vermiculite and we soak those corms a little bit longer. So about eight hours, mm-hmm. eight to 10 hours. Yeah. If the water's looking a little funky, we'll change the water out. But yeah. we do yeah. pre-sprout those. I know, I mean, I've heard of people doing the aerator and kind of rehydrating them and then individually planting, but because we have sand, it dries out so quick and they really need to stay moist, you know, initially after you're planting them. So yeah, so that's, that's kind of the trick we do. I have tried all kinds of stuff. I saw Bear Mountain did like a bulb bag and they kind of did the layering thing. we've done that. Yeah. And I felt like they dried out, the medium dried out too much. Yeah. Yes. And I will say once I put these babies in the cooler, which like you could put them in a refrigerator or a cool dark place, you know, to get them to go. Mm-hmm. But you, I do go in and water them. So they'll go in and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll get some water on them about like 
I don't know, four days in or something like that. So they don't dry out too much. But yeah, I knock on, I don't have wood around here, but like knock on wood, I don't have issues really with rot because we're using like clean buckets and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're changing the water out and stuff. So I just, I can't stand the thought of putting them in a tray. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Well, I mean, (laughs) okay, but I love it so much. I well, really okay, do. wait. So, are but, you getting it to where they're putting on roots, and then you have a little plant, yeah. and you're so you're actually planting like a plug? Okay, so when yeah. we're planting them, they have little white sprouts that the start is starting yes. to come up on, and then mm-hmm. so it just takes a little bit longer. But we're literally like flying through the planting because we're kind of planting on like a dahlia, you know. So it's like there's not yeah, really any so growth on it; it's just got a little eye, and then yeah, we're kind of going through there. So okay, so okay. tell me what you do. Yeah. So when we first started, we took the corms, soaked them, same soaking process as you with the bubbler, the whole thing, exactly the same. And then we planted the the corn. We did the lasagna method with, I just think it was potting soil at that point, the Bear Mountain Farm mm-hmm. way to do it. And mm-hmm. that worked, but I think we just, we started doing too many to make that a viable way or time efficient way to get them pre-sprouted. So from there, we moved to pre-sprouting them in trays. So we do them in, so we soak as normal. We we put them in fifty cell trays, and then we stick them in our greenhouse to just start growing. So we we keep them moist. So you know we'll check for roots. So usually about a week to two weeks. We'll when we start seeing a little bit of green, we'll start watering them, and then and I think it does have to do with timing a little bit because when are you planting yours, Lindsay, out in the tunnel? So I always shoot for pre-sprouting them like the first of November, and then they are usually, well, some years it's been the middle of November and they go out in December, yeah. but we okay. really want them like in the ground by Thanksgiving is like, is what we're kind of going for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess we're similar in some ways. So typically we'll receive our corms in early October and then we'll pre we'll soak the first of November, first week of November, soak them. And then we actually plant those out then in January after Christmas. So we don't manage the on off of the fabric in December. So, and I think, you know what, and here it is again with farming. It's like you make decisions about the way that you do things based on your own personal situation. For us, Judd still works UPS in the mornings and during that month of December is really, it's hard on our family. I mean, he's gone a lot. So it was, (laughs) it's hard for us to manage the covering and uncovering with in December when we first started. So I think that's what led us to say, Hey, if we could just like keep them nice and get some growth going in the greenhouse. And then in January, we start getting them planted out. That is kind of what worked for us. So we still plant them in trays. Yeah. And I think also, I think the key with, if you do decide, and I know it's definitely extra labor getting them in the trays for sure. I think the reason to pre-sprout really is so that you can make sure that you're planting a viable corn. Mm-hmm. So whether you see roots at like a tiny hair stage or whether you have like a little bit of green to determine whether, because I mean, that greenhouse space is so valuable. So it's important to know that every plant that you're going to put in is is going to produce something. So I think there's lots of different ways to do it. That's the one that has just been working for us lately. 
Yeah, no, and that makes sense of your because if you think about my management of that time frame from like November, those six weeks and what you're maintaining mm-hmm. in the greenhouse, yeah, it's probably it probably equals out. That's what I like honestly, yeah. that's what I really yeah. love about talking about the processes because I just to me, it's like the little planting in a cell pack. It just like my eye starts to twitch, but it makes sense now, right? I wasn't trying yeah, to shame yeah. you either. Like you, you know. So, what are you keeping no. your greenhouse at then when you're pre-sprouting those? Yeah, we have like a. I guess it's like it's a propagation house. It's a small house on the side of our house that we built, and we just minimally heat it. So forty, mm-hmm. we'll keep it at. Okay. So just basically keeping it above freezing. So if somebody was going to do this and they didn't have that, could you do that under mm-hmm. lights? So I would think, would it be too, you'd have to keep them in a cool yeah. to get them sprouted, right? Yeah. I think you would have to like keep them in a cool place to sprout. And then once the, the root starts coming through the top of the soil, I think that's when you would need light, obviously, you know what I mean? Yeah. To create, yeah. if you were going to grow the plug. And so like, I think the trick with the plug is not letting it go too long to where you have too much green. Cause then when you plant it out, that greenery, like it doesn't like the cold. So it like dies off or like it starts looking funky. And then you're like <laughs> worrying about your crap. Yeah. So I just like, just let like a little bit grow, you know? So once they're showing some green, we'll typically get them planted out. And is that the same process you do for the anemones? Yeah. Same exact. Okay. And we used to have a lot of problem with the anemone corms rotting or in when I did the like lasagna method in the bulb bag, um, like they, some would be mush and I don't know, I just didn't have a very good success rate with that. But since I started potting them up in, in the individual trays, I feel like that's really helped help that too. So mm-hmm. did yeah. you ever use low tunnels? Exactly the same. No. I have never done like a mini caterpillar tunnel. So during our second year, we received an NRCS tunnel. And that's at the time where I was like, okay, like I can take on like a little bit more, more needier, needier, but beautiful crops. So I never did the cat. We have crazy wind on our farm. So we just never knew if we could do that successfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I have not had experience with it, but I know that it's, essentially your the processes of what we're talking about with the high tunnels the unheated high tunnels that we're growing in i should mention mm-hmm. um is yes. that yes. the management of it is still the same heating the cooling the getting the snow off of it venting it uh, uncovering all of those things it's all the same it's just a smaller <laughs> version of it yeah and we did play around a little bit this year with leaving some ranunculus outside just completely uncovered. Oh, of course yeah. they got smoked, but we just, you know, we had some extra and I thought, well, <laughs> let's just try it, yeah. you know, see if it comes up. It didn't work. So you do need to have some sort of protection, especially if you're in a in a colder climate. And that's 100%. really kind of the only one I can speak to. But yeah, they've been a really they definitely are not as intimidating right? As like, there's just so much information out there too, which I think can be information overload on like, this is how you have to do it. And I just like to hack out the fuss of all of it. But yes. Yeah. So, okay. So you're planting, we kind of talked about how you talked about how you plant it and I talked about mine. And so mine essentially is like, I'm not really seeing a ton of growth on it, at least for like a month after I plant it. Okay. So we water them in really well. And then it's just sort of like the waiting game. And so for us, like I'm not playing the cover uncover game. 
until we're seeing the growth on it. So um, unless it drops like super cold, we don't cover it. We're just like letting them go because I found that they're a little more tolerant than what we worry about, you know, like we're just one of those things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have to tell you a funny story, Lens. We, during our first like our first time we ever planted ranunculus, it was in our un- unheated tunnel that we had just gotten. First of all, we had no idea. We were just figuring it all out. And mm-hmm. there was going to be a cold night. We literally bought a kerosene like torpedo heater and 500 feet of extension cords <laughs> and-, <laughs> and put a kerosene heater in the tunnel to keep, to try and like warm it Give up. It and it was like really, it was- yeah, it was like only getting like like thirty degrees at night, and we like way over fussed on it. I'm like, what? And now we're like, eh, it'll be fine. You know, we're just like so much yeah. more experts now about it. We're like, hey, they can handle it, <laughs> no problem. But I know. Well, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that. <laughs> or when it'll be you, me, Tracy, Tara, we'll text <laughs> yes. and say. It, one of us will say, are you covering tonight? And it's like, <laughs> the other one will say yes. And then it's like, shit. Okay. Dang I'll it. cover two. We don't want to. <laughs> okay. I know. I now I I'm should. just always trying. Yeah. I'm trying to find a reason not to cover. And not yeah. that I'm like trying, <laughs> trying to put my crop at risk or anything. But it's like when you first start, you're so worried. And at that time, it's like such a big investment. And you're just like, mm-hmm. you're just so nervous. And the things that we did, I know, I was just, I will never forget. And we like worried all night about it. And like Judd got up in the middle of the night to make sure it had enough kerosene. I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And every time I see that heater, I, I still, I still think of that. But they're so tough. They're really tough. Yeah. I think as long as your ground is not rock solid, frozen you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, this is probably a good time to talk about covering like when, so for, for us, we cover my rule of thumb is I have an alarm on my phone that's hooked to my weather app. That's 27 degrees. Mm -hmm. So if there's foliage on and, you know, especially if there's buds on, then we cover if it's going to drop below 27. That's just kind of, that's just something that I've, I've used, whether it's right or wrong. And then for venting on it, and I should say the type of Agrabon too that I use, it's one of the medium weight ones. I'm just going to- Yeah, we use, we use medium too. Yeah, I think it's a Ag 30 is what it is. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a nine ounce weight as far as the, so we're talking about that white frost fabric and I, Agrabon is what we use. And it gives you, I believe that one is like a six or eight degree frost protection. So essentially what it means is when that heat is coming up from the ground, it's just trapping that in there. Mm-hmm. And then we do have some heavier frost that's like that Ag 50. Yes. that's it. We have some super heavyweight stuff too that I think gives you like closer to 10 degrees difference. Mm-hmm. Um But it really, we've double layered on it before. Like when mm-hmm. we were down, we had a week this winter that was like, we were consistently in the teens. Um, and then it was dropping like way Mm -hmm. low at night. So we were, we didn't even open the tunnels during the day to get circulation. We just kind of keep them covered, but yeah, that's. And so when do you guys cover? What's your, do you have like a rule of thumb? You know, I I mean, I would say it's similar. So, you know, I mean, generally the temperature at night is going to be the temp, the low temperature inside your tunnel. So we typically, I would say like, between under 30 degrees is when we'll usually cover. So we just do it. Mm-hmm. 
don't and then really are you uncovering it. every day? I've done a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess if if it's gonna stay below thirty during the day, then we'll leave them tucked in. I mean, there's a lot of times been a stretch of two or three days when they're just tucked in and they're gonna stay that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we we're the same. We just. If it's going to be sometimes, because I know they're still getting light through that. I think the fabric Mm -hmm. that we both use gives about a 50% light transmission. So sometimes I'll open the sidewalls up so that it's going to let some of the heat out. You know, if it's, Mm -hmm. but if it's above freezing and especially if the sun's kind of come out, those tunnels will be super, super hot, you know, super hot. Yes. So we just, we're constantly open and closing for circulation. And the reason for that is just the disease pressure that comes with these stinking crops. Do you have some disease issues? Yeah. Yeah. So we had the, some faculty from OSU come visit the farm. Like it was like two to three weeks ago, I believe. And because we were having some like yellowing of leaves in our ranunculus, we were having like where the flower head like thinned, right? Like where the head grows and it like would just break off at the top. So originally we thought like maybe it was like root disturbance from weeding over what, you know, all of the things. And when they came out, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, so they took some samples and essentially it's just like a soil born disease pressure. Is so it like phytophthora? Oh, I, I don't know. They're supposed to get back to me and let me know exactly what it is. And, and I, you just remind me, I will, I will let everybody know what comes back with that. But essentially what they're saying is that we would have to either have like soil replacement or steaming maybe to help it. We also have a really nasty perennial weed going on in that tunnel too. It's been the same tunnel we planted on for the last six, the last five yeah. seasons. And we planted ranunculus in there every single time, you know, so it, when you keep cropping the same crop over and over again it just like Mm -hmm. creates a breeding ground for that kind of stuff so yeah so now we're having to look at other options and trying to figure it out so this really has not been our greatest ranunculus in anemone years it was kind of a little sad and I think we've always tolerated it like I can Mm -hmm. now that I look back I can see like last year there was like a few issues but I just chalked it up to being, I don't know, you know, you just are just moving through the season and you try not to think much of it. And so now I will, I will keep everybody updated on what comes back on that. So now we're looking at possibly growing in crates, growing in raised beds or moving the ranunculus to another tunnel now that we have other tunnels to do that in. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Have you dealt with any of that stuff? Yeah, we have the biggest disease issue I have have had is botrytis, which is just can mush them, that gray mold. We have had some, we do get some of that mush and ours is the same, same issue that we were heavily mm-hmm. planting because we only had one space to do it. We were trying yeah. to cram all of this stuff into one tunnel. So we've been kind of rotating things and, you know, spreading things around. But our one tunnel this year, we're kind of giving it a little bit of a break. I mean, we are always, we're adding compost, we're doing the things, right, that we're supposed to be doing as far as maintaining that tunnel. But I think the soil is just like, it needs a break. We're going to cover crop one of the tunnels completely this summer and just kind of move production to another field. So yeah, we're looking at sizing that one tunnel a little bit and taking a break too on our one, which is hard because we're, we're giving up profit to do that. But I'm also giving up profit by having unhealthy ranunculus. So I'm trying to, yeah. to find the medium with that too. So, and then as far as like pests, I mean, the biggest thing for me is aphids and then second yes. in line would right. be white fly aphids. They're okay. just, yeah, a, I know. Ugh. Do we just have to learn to live with them? 
I'm no, sure. I can't. I just I really, cannot. <laughs> I so we've done. We're not certified organic, but we grow organically. So we have tried all three. What I think would be like semi-effective. So we start with ladybugs. Whether that's like I have not done start, ladybugs. I, I need yeah. to do that. Yeah. So we started with those. I actually at my container gardening workshop that I do in the spring. I we were selling some. Uh, ranunculus and I found one that had like a poop stain on it like because they just like yeah you know it's ladybug poop Mm -hmm. and so I said (laughs) I passed it around to the group there were like 50 or 60 people there and I said if anybody can guess what this is I'll give you a free bouquet and there were two women they were like some some sort of poop I was like, okay, oh. yes, what it is. Yeah. They just look like little black dots. Most people wouldn't know what they are. But so if on your white flowers is the only thing you, it really shows. But right. yeah, it's, if you catch it early, it's fairly effective. The problem yes. is if the infestation yeah. continues and you're going to spray Endeavor or Pyrethrins, something along those lines, which are the other two things that I would use, you're going to wipe out the ladybugs. Yeah. So yeah, those are the two. Um, I will say we we did ladybugs earlier this year and we never sprayed once. So I don't know okay. if it was just a good year for it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard people have good success like doing multiple releases. So mm-hmm. we, we might be trying that next year to, as like an early one so that they can get in, lay eggs. And it's I think it's really important more to get ahead of yeah. the aphids with the ladybugs almost so that they're there like ready when the aphids come. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I know. I, th- I think that that's on our list to to use next year. We, we really only started having problems with aphids really this year was the first year we've really seen them on any greenhouse crops. So we've been pretty wow. lucky that way. Yeah, for sure. It was pretty minimal this year. Years past, it's been pretty awful, but yeah, it's always fun to like open up your refrigerator until you're ready and there's like 10,000 ladybugs <laughs> and packages. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, the things but, we do. Yes. So, do you um let's talk about like once we've got them in the ground, fertilization. Do you yeah. have a fertilization schedule? Yeah, so Judd typically he is my fert guy. Um he will foliar feed them. We do a granular fertilizer at planting too. So we'll put a granular fert um, and compost in, in the beds and then he'll foliar feed maybe like, I don't know, throughout the winter, you know, not too much. Maybe if we have a, a span of two to three, like warm, warm, sunny days, he'll give like a fish emulsion, fish emulsion foliar feed. But really, I wouldn't say, I would say it's probably every two to three weeks. Okay. Yeah, we're doing every week. How often are you? Yeah. Yeah, once that's a week great. with that's great. Uh, fish. Yeah, and that's okay. until they start to form buds and then we we kill it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and then, of course, we're like composting when we plant most of the time. But yeah, and yeah. that's been that's been pretty good. But I do think that you could yeah. overdo it if you're not ventilating Over- well, Yeah, you know, with that's the fertilizer. Ask. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you've got mm-hmm. that like wet I think- foliage. Yes. And I think we've always been like nervous to overdo it. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we're going to amp it up next year. That's a good idea. Yep. So let's talk about like harvesting. So once they start coming on, are you, you know, we're harvesting every day. What's it look like for you guys? Is that how you guys are handling it too? Yeah, I think generally we try and harvest first thing in the morning as a rule, a general rule of thumb. That's always usually the first thing that we do. And I think 
harvest stages, it, it's an important thing with, with anemones and ranunculus. Anemones, you know, we use like, we judge how far the collar is, which is like that little ring of, what is, it's a leaf. Is it a leaf? Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a little it's like a little collar. It really is on the anemones. So we try and make that like a thumb, you know, just not, not too far down. So we'll try and catch those early and fairly closed. And then ranunculus, um, the way that we grade those and what we tell our employees is like, you know, they have like those green, like little petals that like wrap it when those start opening and the outer petals start unfurling. That's when we usually go ahead and take them. Yeah. That's the same for us too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like the anemones, I'm like, oh, they, they always are the first thing to bloom in a tunnel, but they're always so short. So we've had to find like creative ways to sell those. They're like mason jars or we still use them in design work. I mean, they're just like not tall enough for bouquets, but eventually they, they start getting taller. So if you're start, you know, start off itty bitty, try not to worry about it too much. Yeah. So I know one year, not this year, it was the year before I started back at farmer's market in March. I sold almost a thousand dollars in anemones at a market. Like <laughs> what? It. Just that in these like little <laughs> jelly jars. I was like, I feel like a fool, oh. you know, like showing up with all this stuff. But people just wanted the color, you know, yes. it was like, yes. so I'm like, oh, okay, so I guess I don't hate these things as much, you know, because nothing really <laughs> blooms with them initially. Yes. They're hard. Yes. Yeah, they are. They're kind of a tough. I've actually thought about like cutting them yeah. out of production. I have cut them back Me this too. year. And actually, we're trying something new this year is we are actually leaving them all in the high tunnel. So oh. we aren't pulling them, which I think we're going to talk about storage, but I can tease that and talk about that here in a minute. Because sure. I know we wanted yeah. to talk about sourcing. So I mm-hmm. think we buy from the same place, right? Do you buy from Ball? Yes, I do. Yeah. So I buy from Ball and then I also mm-hmm. am going to purchase from Leo Burby this year. I'm going to try, um, they have a tissue culture variety out now that's called Romance. And so okay. they are more expensive. Yes because they have royalties on them. So the royalty means like you can't save the corn, you have to buy them and you pay a royalty fee when you buy the corn. So the advantage of those though, Shannon, you might want to look at this is that they don't have a hollow stem. So they are, yeah. So there's a lot less susceptibility for disease, which is, um, you know, so they, they still have all the colors yeah. and all the things they're, they're, yeah. they're mostly doubles, but yeah, I'm going, I'm going to try some of those just to see what the difference is. I don't get into the like real fancy. I actually don't even grow butterfly, um, ranunculus because Neither do I, yeah, do I, I just for the cost of it and know. my customer doesn't care. Yeah. I just haven't really had a need for it. So it was one of those crazes that I, I tried like, a I think one bag of them or something at one point I was like, me too. Right. No, thank yeah. you. And th- their spacing is like a, a lot. You have to space them way further apart than typical ranunculus. And I just, I don't know. I just didn't feel like they made their money back for how much space that they took. I mean, I, they're pretty for design work. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I see the allure, but as far as profitability, I would have to charge a lot more for them, more than I think maybe like my particular customers would want to pay, I guess, yeah. when they'd rather have yeah. the traditional like LaBelle or you know, LaBelle ranunculus or whatever that they're used to yeah. seeing from me. So 
So, and when you're um, sourcing these, just for us, we're always looking at like stem count. So we, we count number of stems that comes off the farm. You do too, right? Do you, mm-hmm. can, do you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking at like how many stems we cut and then each plant for us, we're gauging, our, we're going to get around 10 to 12 stems off of a ranunculus. Okay. So yeah. that number, we're kind of using that math and similar to that with the anemones as well. So that kind of helps me to know like if my CSA has... 125 members and then I'm, yes. I want to sell market bouquets, a kind of doing that like projection mm-hmm. as to like yes. how many are we going to order. And always with those, I like to just bump it up a little bit because you, I think, mm-hmm. you know, especially if they're going to hit around Mother's Day. Yes. So yeah, just if, when you're getting ready to source those kind of do, you know, you can do that kind of quick math to think like, okay, this is about how mm-hmm. many I might need to order for that year. Yes. Every year, so what are your go-to colors, Lens? What would you say you're like, uh, I mean, white, I know, white, or like, yeah, obviously. White's actually reasons, my least favorite. Really? I love the white ones. Yeah, it's pretty. They're pretty, but it's yeah. like, I'm just a color, color person. I, those like champagne pastel mix. Oh, yeah. That whole, like, that's mm-hmm. just, they're gorgeous. But I actually. Beautiful really love orange in the spring. Like orange with pink yeah, to me yeah. is just so beautiful. And do you um, just grow I, like the two normal varieties, like LaBelle typically, and- Yes, LaBelle. Yeah. Okay. Amandine? Yeah. 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 So typically, I, I have not tried any of like the cologne like tissue cologne. Am I saying Mm-mm. that right? Mm-hmm. Like, I like don't know. Hanoi, like those really beautiful, like marshmallowy colored ones. They're, they're all tissue culture from Ownings. And I'm like, okay, should I try this? I mean, my customers are just happy with the, <laughs> yeah. with what they're like thrilled with what I have. So I know I'm, I'm just, I'm just sticking with the tried and trues. And I feel like over the years when I've tried to like get fancy with it, I don't know. It's just never paid off when it comes to like spring crops. I guess when it comes to ranunculus. So, um, one color, there's a gold label gold, I believe. Um, I might have a gold. I'll have to look it up, but my customers love the gold color and I really wasn't sure they would love it. It's not like there's like a highlighter yellow and then there's like a gold. It's beautiful and people love it. So I'm adding more of that next year, but pink, you know, pinks, like the dark purples, the Picatee, you know, ones, Mm -hmm. um, people love. So yeah. anything that's I mean, different. I'm just sticking with the good at all faithful. Yes. Yeah. We actually did that red, kind of that like burgundy. I don't know if they call it violet or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was mm-hmm. really I was kind of, I tend to stay away from red in the mm-hmm. spring. But when it's combined with like these pinks and some of these purples, they're really they're really pretty. They tend to be shorter yes. on the shorter side for me when we grow them. But I feel like this year we kind of it grew really, we had one tunnel that just grew really well. I was like, what is happening? I just like, man, I am good at this this year. <laughs> it's probably the plants. Like, would you, what did I do, do different? Me. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Not a damn thing. Yeah. So yeah, are, are no, you, are great. you saving your corms? Are you saving your corms? Or are you just, you're, you're leaving yours in this year to see if you can over, over winter them for next year? So we're doing both. The anemones we're leaving completely in because every year we always like miss a couple and they come up and they're gorgeous and huge and pumping out the stems. So we are leaving them in. We're just going to cut the leaves off and then allow them you know, to just die back naturally. And then what we're going to do is plant a shallow rooted crop on top like snapdragons. 
so that okay. it's yes. it's just a quick, quick turn. We're going to do like some Potomac or rockets or something on top of them. And then um, we'll just pull those because those are a one and done for us. We don't actually like cut them to rebloom. So we'll just plant those and then pull them and then we're just going to leave them in. So I'm hoping that that is a good good move on that. Now for the ranunculus, we yeah, did pull – we did pull the majority of the ranunculus. So if you um, storage on those, do you save yours? Do you save your corms? No, we have not. Okay. We have never done that. And I'm like, should I be doing I don't know. Seems pretty easy from what I've heard from other growers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have for – so the only ones you can't save, obviously, the um, anything that has like a royalty on it, you know, like any of the tissue cultured ones are no-no. It's so – yeah. Basically, what you do if you want to do it is you dig them up. Once you dig them up, as they start to shut down, so those ranunculus and anemone at sixty degrees, like once the soil temp hits sixty, they start to shut down. So you'll start to see the natural mm-hmm. yellowing. The plants just don't really handle the heat well, and, and yeah. yeah, they they quit producing. And so we will yeah. um, cut the leaves off. We dig them up. We kind of allow them to dry for a couple of days inside, like in a low humidity mm-hmm. area or in, even in the barn is fine. Um, just basically as long as it's out of the sunlight. And then we just put them, we just pack them in bulb bags and throw them in my basement, like in a mesh bags. Like I've read that people, you can put them in like peat moss or dry moss or something, but we haven't, mm-hmm. we haven't, we haven't okay. done any, any of those. And then in the spring, excuse me, in the fall, we just pull them back out and we'll like wash them off, give them a good wash. Mm-hmm. And then we just pre-sprout them. <laughs> like it's just like starting, starting really? out like from the beginning. They just don't come clean. That's basically it. Yeah. And they're, so you're really, now I don't count on them. I still order them because I still okay. have a little nervous Nelly, but yeah, yes. they're really, That's they're pretty be. easy. Okay. What would you say your success rate is with them? Like if I were to save like 50% would produce something or? Oh, am I, cl- I would say like Sorry. 85, 90. I mean, it's high. Oh, oh. It's a lot. Okay. I'm going to So I would mine. say no. the okay. ones that That's don't are the smaller ones, like the smaller corms. There's a lot. Now you do have, you have to think about like you've got the labor in like pulling them and cutting that off. But for me, it was like, it, it's just kind of a safety net and it really doesn't take that much time, you know, to pull yeah. them and we just throw them in bulb bags. You're pulling and, them anyways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're ripping the plants out anyways. That's step one, you know. If okay. you have a, you can actually twist the foliage off too. So instead of like using clippers, okay. it's a lot of times that foliage just like mm-hmm. snaps, snaps clean. But yeah, try it. Give it a try. Like yep. if you're going to throw okay. them away yeah, anyway, might as well to. try it. Yeah. Yeah, or send them in a box to you. <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> Take them. Uh, so did uh, did we miss anything? We cover what we I don't know intended on. I know we then yeah. I mean, I just think I mean in summary, go for it. They're a great crop. Start small. You know that's what we did, and I feel like you know Lindsay, you have particular experience with the caterpillar tunnels, but that's a great way to start small with them. Don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's like the worry less, like that's just, if I could, you know, like the whole thing is like, man, we just, it stops, it stopped me from doing it. Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, you know, it's like, just try it. Just try it. Yeah. You will succeed. It wouldn't hurt. 
And yes, I think we fuss way too much and it's not just ranunculus, pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, that's as, as our farm has grown, we fuss over way too much and plants are crazy resilient. And I think go, go forth and do it. And obviously if you're listening to this in June, then you should be, if you haven't sourced your ranunculus yet, I would definitely go find a, a spot to do that. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And if you do order, if you're a new customer to Leo Burby um, and you mention the code WILD, you will get a free gift. So W-I-L-D, like Ooh. Wild Root. I know. You get a free gift. I don't get I anything. I love that. Yes. This is not me. This is you. <laughs> you, if you're a new customer to Leo Burby. <laughs> They are wonderful, but they, you know, they do have, uh, they don't have all of the same like LaBelle, Amadine, the ones that we're talking about. So they, you would probably have to source from different um, places, but those are only the two places I've had experience with, but I've had good experience at both and yeah, get your, get the, get the order in and try them and give them a whirl. Yeah. Well, I uh, thank you guys so much for uh, joining us again. I know Shannon and I are seriously, like we mentioned in the beginning, but we are really loving and appreciating your feedback on Instagram. <laughs> it definitely made so, our day. So, so excited. Yeah. It, it's just been like very heartwarming and it's, it's a little humbling. It's, it is humbling to be new at something again. So I think that that is why there's, <laughs> if you could, if we could just record <laughs> ourselves right prior to, I'm like, I'm sweating the, my headphones, I haven't moved for the last 45 minutes because my headphones unplug. I mean, we just, we have (laughs) technical difficulties over here. Yes. We're 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 learning. So we appreciate your grace. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So, but if you are loving this and you are, are enjoying what you're hearing, please hit the subscribe button. So you don't miss an episode, share it with your friends. And then if you really could do me a huge favor, if you could leave us a review on our podcast, because that gets our show into other people's earbuds, we are going to be offering for one lucky insider, a 15 minute on-air coaching call with us. So we're going to be selecting. So if you leave us a review, we're going to be picking one person each month to come on with us and just kind of talk through whatever you want to talk about with farming. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we would... Love it if you would do that for us. That would be great. Yes. We would love to continue the conversation with you over at our Instagram page at Dirt on Flowers. So share this episode with your friends. It means so much to us when you do that. And you can sign up for our email list linked in our show notes. So you can become a Dirt on Flower podcast insider. Hear all of the best Dirt on Flowers news first. So thanks so much. Thanks, guys.